If you have a copy of God's Word, um, join me with Romans uh, chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 15 to 17. Again, Romans chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 15 through 17. Uh, we have uh, been going through the book of Romans. Um, and um, we've been going through the book of Romans. And I'm not school. Um, for a while now, and so we're just walking through the text of the book of Romans and um, seeing what the Lord has given us in his word. And so now we have made it to the fifth chapter of Romans. Uh, now we're at the verse 15. Romans was written by uh, our brother, Apostle Paul. Paul was uh, a guy that was sent out um, to be able to go to the Gentiles to minister the word. And he anticipated to go to Rome. And many people in Rome might have thought that Paul was just making excuses why he haven't came yet. I know sometimes people say they're on their way over and they and they say they're coming, but it, they haven't made it there yet, right? They keep saying, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. And so Paul, they keep telling them he's on his way, and Paul is knowing they're probably getting kind of restless here. Is Paul really coming? Could, could, could Paul be afraid of the, of the Roman culture? Well, Paul haven't came yet, and Paul tells him in Romans chapter 1, um, I think um, somewhere, Romans chapter 1, verse 16, 116, they say, for Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. He's not ashamed to come to Rome. But he said, when time is permitting, I'm going to come. When I come, I'm going to strengthen you and allow you to strengthen me. But during the meantime, Paul is writing this letter to the Romans and said, hey, I'm not there yet. But hey, let me encourage you on what the gospel is. Let me encourage you that I'm not afraid. And that for you, you don't have to be afraid of things in this life. No matter what may come your way, you don't have to be afraid. So Paul writes this book of Romans to explain to them what the gospel is, that you don't have to be afraid. Now y'all can love each other. So he doesn't go right in, you know, you know, sometimes parents, right, you want to spank the kids, right, do something. You spank them, right? Paul is not going to come in and just address all these issues in the church. Paul lets the foundation know this is who you are. This is who you are in Christ. Not gonna love each other. So you tell you even telling the child, telling the child that hey, hey, this is who you are. I, I raised you a certain way. I, I, well, this is all these things I instilled into you. And so you get to the identity who this person is, this child is. Now you encourage the child now go to school and act like you got some sense. But first off, it starts off with identity. And so Paul deals with a lot of his identity first. Is that who are you? Who are we? And what the gospel is. And so, and I'll be touching up a little bit throughout the message, but jump with me in Romans chapter 5, verse 15 to 17. But the free gift is not like the trespasses. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God. And the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. And the free gift is not like the results of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more with those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign and life through the one man, Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop there. And so for some of you all in here looking like, what are you talking about? Like, that's a lot what you said. It sounds good. We're not talking about Jesus. What is that text talking about? It's okay. Through our time that we have, 
I'm, let's seek the Lord together and let's walk through these verses together and see what the Lord tells us in these verses. Somebody pray for us. We're going to walk verse by verse in this. Our Father God, Lord, we thank you again, Lord, for allowing us to come back together. Lord, we all are weak here this morning, even myself, Lord. I'm just so unprepared. Um, I studied well this week, but I'm still unprepared, Lord. Um, Lord, I'm nervous, Lord, and Lord, um, many are here, Lord, are, are dealing with health issues. And Lord, all of us in here, Lord, can use your strength at this moment. Give it to us, Lord. Strengthen us where we're weak. And as we are strengthened, Lord, let us strengthen one another. So Lord, give me your word this morning. Give me your truth this morning. Let me preach your word faithfully this morning. If it's not in your word, Lord, remove it from my notes and my heart and my mind. But Lord, let me preach your word. Your word, Lord, is the only thing that can give life. Not my personality. Not my giftedness. But Lord, only you can do it, Lord. So Lord, let me not boast in pride and my gifts. But Lord, at this time, as I preach your word, let me boast in you. And let your people, as they leave here today, not to leave here to say Crescent is a great preacher or Crescent is great, but for them to leave here and say they met with a great God. A God that is awesome in all his ways. A God that is pure in all his ways. And a God that continues to do good to his people. So Lord, let us meet you at this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the things um, I noticed my kids as um, I have five daughters and so profound my daughters love Barbie dolls and for them they would get a Barbie doll and they would try to put the eyelashes on and um, they would put the dresses on and and they would really try to beautify this doll and my son take the doll right so I take the heads off and, and all that stuff but but the girls try to dress up and and what they're anticipating in this is that they want this doll to be beautiful. And they even thinking about themselves as someone. They might have seen an auntie. They might have seen a mother. And so they try to mimic what they probably have seen something before. They're trying to mirror something that's greater than what they see. Not only that, you might see in Little League sports team, my son plays basketball for a team called the Thunder. What does that thunder come from? It's an NBA team called a thunder. My son is not on the NBA team, but but his team points to a greater team that they're anticipating to be. That's good. Uh, another thing I'm thinking about is um, a Mustang. Uh, is it a 5.0 Mustang compared to a what do y'all say? A Scat Pack? <laughs> a Scat Pack and a Mustang 5.0 compared to a Scat Pack? Again? Y'all don't know nothing about cars. Never mind, never mind. I thought y'all knew about cars. Let me use another example then. But for the most part, it's always something we can point to to point to something greater. Well, in our test today, this is what Paul is doing. Paul described how Adam came into the world. But it was someone that came into the world that was actually better than Adam. For when we came into the world, we came into the world through Adam. So you might ask questions like, no, my dad's name ain't no Adam. But you go back to your genealogy, right? All the way back to your great-grandparent, great, 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 and you keep going, keep going, keep going. And everybody in this room is going to be going right all the way back to a guy named Adam. 
So Adam was somebody that we all are related to in this room as Adam, right? And so Adam came into this world. He represented something when he came into this world. But Jesus came to the world. He represents something as well. When Adam came into the world, Adam sinned. And when Adam came into the world, sin, sin fled to the whole world. That's why we have sickness. We have death, anger, divorce. All of these things came into the world because sin came into this world. But when Jesus comes into the world, it's something different. It's like Jesus comes and Adam comes, right? And when Adam came into the world, sin came into the world, Jesus comes into the world, grace comes into the world. And this is what Paul is getting at. He's comparing this right now. Ever since Romans 4, Romans 5, Jesus is saying is that Jesus, he's saying, Roman Paul is saying in Romans that Jesus is so much greater. Why give into things in this world? Jesus is so much greater. Why give into things in this world? It's like right now in this chair, it's $20 bill. And this chair right here is a billion dollars. Why choose $20 over a billion dollars? But family, we laugh at that right now, but that's what we do every day. We choose the things in this world, right, that are meaningless. The things in this world that are perish. The things in this world that divide each other. But Jesus is calling us and saying is that, look to me. Like, with me, is pleasures forevermore. A temporary happiness in this world doesn't compare to an everlasting happiness in myself. Because everything in this world is fleeting. I think back at the income test last year. I got my income test back. Got a stack back, y'all. And I think about this money going to last for the rest of this year. I'm going to put it in a savings account. Family, I look back at it. All the money is spent. It didn't last that long. The money didn't last that long. What I had my hope in didn't last that long. So money is temporary. Money is temporary. Money comes, money goes. Even at times we were saying thinking about pornography. It's like a temporary happiness. It doesn't meet the need what American marriage can do. And so we see these things in this world that are temporary, but a lot of times we make it primary. So I encourage all of us today as we walk through this test today to be able to see that Christ is better than Adam. Christ is better. We're going to do it in three points. Grace is in Christ's free gift. Point number two, justification is in Christ's free gift. And point number three, Christ is in Christ's free gift in verse 17. So jump with me in point number one. Grace is a Christ-free gift. Look in verse 15. It starts out with the word, but. Here we see the session starts out with the word, but again. Everybody have your Bible open? Touch the word, but. If you have a phone, touch the word, but. A phone or you have a Bible. The word, but changes everything. We play a game called in, in here at the church. In the game of mafia, when someone had chosen in the game of mafia to die by the mafia, they would die unless a nurse saved them. So we would say to Alina, if Alina was chosen to die by the mafia, that all of a sudden somebody say, but she was saved. She doesn't die. 
The word but changes everything. The nurse, someone that might have been a bad car wreck, and all of a sudden someone gets there but say, but they were saved. What Paul is getting at here today is that Paul gives a scenario right before the word but in verse 14 and a thing beforehand. And Paul is describing that all these things happen, then he comes in and say, but. Again, but changes everything. He talks about how we inherit the sin from Adam, but also we have sin as well. So we stand condemned before our own, for our, with our own sin because we all have sin before God. No one in this room is righteous, right? We all have sin. We are righteous because Christ's righteousness was given to us. He makes us righteous, but we are not righteous in of ourselves. So we stand condemned. And so Paul beforehand in verse 15, Paul lays a scenario out. Paul said, everybody's sin and nobody makes to heaven. That's what he gets at. Everybody's sin and nobody makes to heaven. So it's like we're on a cliff. We're standing on a cliff right now and the mountain around us is just collapsing around us. We can't jump, right? We're 20 miles in the air. If you jump down, you're going to die. You're on a cliff, you don't have anywhere to turn. But all of a sudden, someone comes and rescues you. This is what Paul is getting at here, is that we are in this place that we can't save ourselves. We all stand condemned. Then he gives in the text. He said, but. But changes everything, doesn't it? But changes everything. And that's what it gets in our text. But the free gift is not like the trespasses. For many died through one man trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gifts by the grace that one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. The reason why we don't have to just stay there and sin. Reader, why you want to stay there in condemnation because of the word but here. The word but brings about this free gift. This free gift is a truly a free gift. It's not like some of y'all gifts, right? Once you give somebody something, but you got to pay them back. I remember Zoe. Did you do me like that before, Zoe? <laughs> you, you gave me something, I said I have to pay you back. I'm like, man, that ain't no gift. But a gift right here is something we don't have to pay back. It's already been paid in full. It's a true gift. And a lot of us think like, man, are you serious? Is it true? Because a lot of times when somebody gives something to us, they want to be indebted to them, and they want to pay them back letters. This gift is different. This gift is truly free that we didn't have to earn. Somebody else had to earn it for us. And through this gift right here that through many trust that many have died, right? For if many died through one man trespasses, much more have the grace of God in, 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 in the free gift by the grace that one man, Jesus Christ, abound for many. This is not the first time you see the word gift. We see the word gift in several other places. We saw it in Romans 3.24, where Paul is keeping the same thought in mind. You remember Romans 3.24, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The gift for those of faith is God's grace. It's God's grace. This gift is different from the trespasses. The trespasses gift is death. But the gift from Christ Jesus is eternal life. You see the comparisons here. 
Paul is comparing, is trying to let us see, hey, you see right here, it's not even a comparison. What death come in through Adam, through sin, through this world, but guess what? Grace come in through Jesus Christ. This gift covers our sins and gives us eternal life. Because Jesus lived a perfect life and he gave his life for us. So we aren't judged by our sins anymore. Our past sins, our present sins, our future sins, all of our sins are nailed to the cross. We bear them no more. No matter what your family member, your cousin, your co-worker may say that, hey, you used to do this, you used to do that. You say, praise the Lord, I did. But it's all nailed to the cross. And that's what he's getting at here, though, is that by grace. Amen. Again, somebody had to earn it for you. Jesus, it talks about this in 1 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Your sins went to Jesus. And Jesus got punished, so you wouldn't have to get punished. So I wouldn't have to get punished. Yeah, somebody had to get punished. Somebody had to get the work, y'all would say. And Jesus had to get the work so y'all and myself can be set free. That's the grace of God. So the first thing we see here in this comparison that Jesus is so much better, that Jesus takes our place so we can have eternal life. The second thing we see here in verse 16, and the free gift is not like the results that one man sinned. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Paul lets us know that the free gift is not condemnation, but justification. One man's sin brought death into the world, but the free gift is different. It doesn't bring death or chaos. It brings righteousness. Justification of mind is that we are right before God. When we stand before a judge, we, he was saved not guilty. Ashawn, what's your uh, judge Brown, ain't it, Ashawn? Oh, sorry, my fame for to say that. But standing before a judge, right? Standing before a judge, a judge would say guilty or not guilty. And for all of us standing before God and standing in our sins, the Lord, I mean, the judge looks at us and says, hey, I got all this evidence on you. All of these things you did. But in Christ, it's different. It's different. Because Christ comes into the courtroom and he comes in and says, hey, all those charges that you mentioned, you mentioned, judge, all those charges, hey, they belong to me. I can say amen to that. All the charges, all the sin charges are placed on Jesus. So he becomes the guilty one. He becomes the one that we see that he has stolen. He has committed adultery. He has done all these things. Even though Jesus hasn't lifted up a finger to do those things, he took all those things in so you can be set free. That's what the beautiful thing of justification is. We are justified. We are made right because he came before the judge before us and he took the punishment for us so we can be set free. So our resume now is say free. It's a perfect. It's a righteousness. All these things are right and resume. As we die and stand before God, God's going to say, well done, my good and faithful Kathy Dockett. 
Well done, my good and faithful Alina Thomas. Well done, my good and faithful Kiki. I can't say your name. But for the most part, the Lord is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You look around like, oh, man, I've done all these things in high school and college. And as a dope, I did all these things. He said, I don't see any of it anymore. Only thing I see is what my son has done for you. Amen. You know, and so that's the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You look at all the religions in the world. You look at Islam. You look at Buddhism. Every other religion in the world is trying to work themselves to God. Say, I do more good than bad. For us in this room, it's like, hey, the more good I do, the bad I do. And so we would never work, make it to perfection on our own. You can keep living, try to live right the best you can, but somebody's going to jump in front of you in line at Walmart and some of the words going to come out. Or somebody be in traffic, right? And somebody's going to roll rage. Or your employee, right? All your money's not on your check. And you probably not, some of y'all probably ain't going to go home until they fish your check. So a lot of times in this world, family, we're going to do well, and sometimes we're going to get back in the flesh and do wrong. But the other belief system has said, well, we can do all these good to make it up to God. If we can do all these things good to make it up to God, why do we even need God? Why do we even need Jesus? If we can do it ourselves, why do we even need him? But the beautiful thing about it that God knew we couldn't do it ourselves. And that's why he sent his son to do it for us. And for when we fail, he doesn't count it against us. Because he already paid for it. So, what we see here in our text right here in the second point, justification is free gift right here is, in Christ, is we get justification in this free gift. We get justification. The last thing we see in point three, Shantae's starting to blink at me, saying, I'm almost over time. Christ is in Christ's free gift. Look at verse 17. For if because one man trespasses, death reign, through that one man, much more with those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign and life to the one man, Jesus Christ. The one man trespassed in verse 17 is referring back to Adam. When Adam sinned, death reigned through him. We can look at Adam all the way up to Jesus' birth. We see how sin has reigned from Adam all the way up to Jesus' birth. Example, you hear the story of Cain, right? He killed his brother. So this sin of Adam, right, when it started in the garden, now Cain killed his brother. Let's continue on. Beautiful story of Noah. Noah was the only one that say he was set off the call considered to be righteous. God done a great thing by preserving Noah. Then a brother has to come yet. And got drunk. What about David? Great king. Killed Goliath. David is this amazing king. Not really at times. David was a murderer. He killed one of his important men, one of the Hittite men, to get his wife. What about Abraham? Abraham was a liar. Samson, at times he was unfaithful. He didn't trust the Lord. Saul was just so powerful. Even Goliath, which was a Gentile, was powerful. I'm going to keep going on and on with this story with Hezekiah grew up in pride and boasting, opened up his house, you know, to try to show all these good treasures he got in his house. We can go on and on with all these different stories. 
how man have sinned against God. So Adam give to us is his trespasses that came into this world. But it tells us in verse 17. Now it draws another comparison here. But now Adam brought trespasses, but God gives us a better gift than trespasses. He gives us Christ. He said abundance of grace he gives us. Abundance deals with an overflow. We don't have just enough, right? He gives us more than enough. This is like a glass or somebody leave a sink on. You put a glass under the sink. And you leave the water pointing to that glass. And that water is flowing in that glass. And it overflows out. That water keeps flowing and flowing. It's like abundance of water going in that glass. That's what this is compared to with abundance. That we get abundance of grace. That grace is not in the sense of just something we got in the past. That grace is still overflowing in our lives and what we have in Christ. So Christ gives the abundance of grace, not trespasses. And by doing that, we get an abundance of grace. The, the more we fail, much more grace is given to us. And I always had a song, and Sean is not here to sing with me. What's the song? Right, y'all listen to this morning coming in with T.I.? All we do is win. Is that to y'all? All we do is win, win. Well, that's uh, what's the name? T-Bain. T-Bain. I don't listen to that stuff like that. I'm, I listen to the other stuff. So, all we do is win, 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 no matter what. Y'all get this when I'm going with this. But the whole part of this is that as the Christian life, that's the benefit of it. We don't lose. It is finished. His work is victorious on the cross. But at times in this world when we're going through things, our sight get off the prize and get off the victorious work and we're worrying about the other things. It reminds me of kids in a basketball game, right? And the kids win the championship and a kid look at man, I only had two points this game. And he's upset, I only had two points, got his head down. No, open your eye. You have won the championship. And a lot of times we're like that. We get distracted by the small things in this world and we compare these small things and we stay there with them, but if we only open our eyes and see what we have in Christ, it's no comparisons. It's no comparisons. So family, we are right before God forevermore. That's set in stone. It never changes forevermore. It is set in stone that Christ has bought us with a price and no one can take that back for us. It's forever. You are truly made right with God forever. And this is part of that gift. We get abundance of grace and righteousness because both of all these things are found in the person of Christ. Well, Christ gives us better than what Adam gives us. There's no comparison, family. Jesus is way better than Adam. So his grace is better than trespasses. So it can be assured of heaven and we are guaranteed it to us because of grace. A couple of verses I think in mind is Titus 2.11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Titus 3.7. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we inherit eternal life. 2 Timothy 1.9. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, 
not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace has given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. And I think about Lena favorite verse, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourself. Y'all know the verse. Y'all got your Bibles, right? But we get grace. And we get grace forevermore. No one takes it away from us. So end with a couple applications here. If you're struggling this morning with acceptance, if you're struggling with identity, loneliness, remember that you're accepted by Christ. You're received by him. You're justified by him. And we are married to Christ by being his bride. I always say this over and over. I love my wife to death. I'm crazy about my wife. But sometimes I feel her, sometimes she feel me. But one person would never fail us is Jesus. Amen. Amen. A lot of times we have these unrealistic, unrealistic, we talked about this before, unrealistic expectations. The people in this world is going to fail us. Not to say they're going to do it intentionally. They're going to do it. They're going to do it unintentionally. But one person would never fail us is Jesus. And for those that are in Christ, that are by yourselves or lonely or dealing with acceptance, somebody has already accepted you for those that believe. You can trust them. And your friendship with him would never end. You can go to him. You can trust him. The second thing in application is, since we have grace and justified by Christ, we should be a testimony to the word by sharing these things to others. Since Christ has given us all things in himself, he has given us his spirit for us to love one another because he loved us. Family, let us go do the same to those around us. You want to see a renewed palm love? It can start right here with Christ Redemption Church, us loving our neighbor. Us stop gossiping. Stop belittling people. It starts with us. You, you want to see our community change? It's parents pouring to your kids. Be better example to your kids. Kids, under your parents. Go to class and work hard for all what you're doing. You want to see things change around you? It starts with us and what the Spirit of God can be doing through us. Amen. And we can do this. Why? Because He has given us a free gift in Christ by His Spirit. And the last thing here. There will always be idols in this world that rise up and try to say, choose me over Jesus. There are always going to be idols that come up and say, choose me over Jesus. It might be a relationship with somebody. Again, it might be money. It, it, it might be uh, identity. I don't know what it may be in your life. But every single person in this room, including myself, every day we're going to have something to come up and try to grab more attention than the Lord. Remind yourself of this message today. Are those things more important than what we get in Jesus? If it's not, why give time to it? Why give time to it? You know when this person is messy. You know when this person is going to come up with something. Why give your time today? Go straight to Jesus. And give him that time. Honor the Lord in those times.
And but for those of here that I say, Crescent, thank you for the message. I heard you talk about Hellcats and all this stuff. I don't know what you're talking about today. For those that don't know what I'm talking about, for those that are non-believers, I would say this, is that we all have sin, and you have sin as well. That if you die in your sin, you will be punished by it. But if you die in Christ, you get eternal life in Jesus Christ. Turn to Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus today. Today is the day of salvation. If you have any questions about, hey, what does it mean to follow Jesus? I'll be around, and some others will be around. Please turn to Jesus today and be baptized. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let me pray for us.